What's happening? We'll tell you right now on This Week in Cannabis News. David Wiley of the OZ joins me as usual for This Week in Cannabis News. You can find the OZ at OkanaganZ.com slash OZ on Twitter at OkanaganZ and David could be found at Wiley Writer. Uh, happy Canada Day, David. Hello, hello. Happy Canada Day to you as well. Uh, what a wonderful country to live in. And we get to talk about legal cannabis. Yes. Uh, and we just need a, a little sunshine and everything will be all the more better. But you know what is great for rainy days is... Uh, a joint. So uh, let's talk about uh, some cannabis. Um, and and I guess the one thing that um, I guess people have uh, wondered about with the cannabis industry is, and one of the regulations that, that has been very strict is when it comes to names. We're going to talk about, uh, you know, one company that, you know, had to make a change in a little bit. Uh, but the other thing that it's happening is it's making people think that every cannabis is almost the same. That's a big challenge. How do you differentiate yourself in this kind of a market? And, you know, cannabis producers have spent millions and millions of dollars on marketing and trying to figure that out. Uh, well, a recent survey by Brightfield Group pulled 3,000 Canadians and found that uh, most of that money may have just been a waste. Uh, at this point in time, brand awareness in the Canadian market is low and consumers are suffering from what they're calling decision fatigue. So if you're if you're in the cannabis uh, circle and thinking that well everybody and their dog knows about Tweed, you'd be wrong. Actually, only uh, two out of five people are even aware of the Tweed brand from Canopy, and 17 different brands that were asked about actually had less than 20% name awareness. So there really isn't uh, there isn't really much knowledge on the level about different names, different brands. Marketing has been a real struggle because the regulations through the Cannabis Act are really tight. Uh, Your logo can only be so big. Your marketing can only contain certain amounts of information. um, Your advertisements can only be put in certain places. And yeah, cannabis is still in its infancy. Um, But again, we've seen these strict marketing rules criticized across the board. One of the other challenges that consumers are facing right now uh, is that weird list of cannabis strain names. A lot of different stores across the country um, don't call, you know, Northern Lights, Northern Lights. They call it something different. And so nobody really knows what's what. Some of these stores have uh, have gone out and actually put the, you know, the, the, the real strain name, let's call it, in brackets beside. So you can get a sense of actually what you're, what you're purchasing. But that's becoming a problem. Um, So as far as the future of marketing goes, uh, we're even seeing some of these big companies really start to rethink what they're going to be doing. Uh, Afria recently laid off its chief chief marketing officer, so that's going to be a restructuring. Canopy Growth is outlining its plans to change its strategy, that they're not going to be first to market, that they're going to try and avoid consumer confusion. Uh, So we're really going to start seeing things change down the line when it comes to how companies are approaching the consumer, um, especially with some of the smaller players that are starting to come in and, uh, and carve out a niche, the ones that can be a little bit more agile. And we're seeing even those moves at the beginning where you had celebrities 
putting out their own brands. You know, we see Seth Rogen, Drake, Martha Stewart, Snoop Dogg. Um, you can't even really leverage those names because of the strict marketing that's happening right now. Well, yeah, um, it should be Leafs by Snoop, and instead it's LBS. Um, I don't think you can say Girl Scout cookies. I think that's GSC. Uh, so uh, a lot of it, and, you know, for somebody coming in there is like, uh, they don't know what the GSC is or LBS, uh, but they may have had a Girl Scout cookie strain uh, from before, so they don't really, maybe can't really wrap their head around it. Um, and then there was this... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, trailer park buds that came out. Now, I'll be honest. When I first saw this, I thought this can't be real. There's no way this <laughs> got through regulations. And as it turns out, they had to make a change because it looked too much like trailer park boys. I, I had the exact same thought. How on earth did that logo, which is pretty much exactly the same, make it through. And not only that, but their strain names are two birds, sativa and, uh, Adidaso Indica. <laughs> so, you know, like these are throws to the show itself uh, and we're just too close. So Organogram Holdings, uh, which came out with this uh, bulk product seltzer for about 160 bucks an ounce, um, did get a pretty good slap from Health Canada. So at this point in time, they're going to be rethinking their logo uh, and rethinking the way that they're marketing it. it they're going to have to uh, to do that right away as well. So they'll have a bit of placeholder marketing in there. Um, yeah, definitely a bit of an awkwardly situation in that one. Well, if Bic, Lighter, and ZigZag have to change their logos, I was like, there's no way this is going to last. And it was only um, a, a matter of time. Uh, now, out in your neck of the woods, in, in your province, um, th- there's talk about government stores having an advantage and, and you know we've seen in different places out in ontario um they were doing curbside it was like basically the only place you could get it was the ontario website and then they relaxed it because it would have become a, a monopoly here in alberta uh, the uh, the uh, the government is not shipping out chocolate this summer because it's melting so there are um a drawback sometimes when you are dealing with those uh mail and and, and online government sites but there are some private uh, retailers that have an issue with some of these site stores as well out in bc Mm -hmm, indeed yeah we are seeing this kind of a a pushback out in bc and dealers are finding themselves facing off against the deep pockets of government um, BC stores have been grumbling for a while about what they perceived as a disadvantage, uh, even to the point now of mulling over whether or not they want to file a lawsuit. You know, a government store here can sell online. They can't. Um, you know, it feels like they're, they, they have bottomless pockets by hiring unionized workforce. Um, I've even heard some retailers speculate that maybe they'd keep all the good products for themselves. Um, so there really is a bit of a simmering anger happening. Um, but I did talk to a spokeswoman for the BC Cannabis Stores, that's a provincial-run retailer here, and she assures me that uh, they're all on a level playing field. In fact, Viviana Zanico told me in an interview that if anyone has an edge in this market, it's the private sector. She says that some of these retailers were actually already operating in the space, and they already had a, a customer base. And she says, meanwhile, uh, government stores are still trying to find some commercial space in some of these municipalities uh, and adhere to their bylaws, and that includes distance from stores that are already established. In fact, uh, the BC cannabis stores now are saying that they're only a bit player, so that they only have 17 government stores, and they're far outnumbered by the more than 200 private stores that are open around the province. 
So she says that the, some of the things that are being put forward, including um, you, some uh, some question as to whether or not the province pays its own 15% markup, uh, she says that it does, and uh, also points out that that 15% wholesale markup is uh, much lower than the wholesale markup on liquor, which is between 70% and 120%, depending on the product. So the reason that that markup is so low is because they do want to try and keep the price competitive with the black market. Um, so she says that basically overall provincial provincial stores are just trying to compete with overall good service uh, and by stocking products that customers want uh, because every store has the same access to all the same products. So it's just a question of serving that individual market. The interesting thing is, um, and, and I believe uh, you had this, is that there's a limit on how many uh, stores one, is it for, what franchise or, or company can have, mm-hmm. but there's no limit. And like the, the, the government stores, they have, they're over that limit already, are they not? Yeah, they are. The limit on private retail is, uh, is, is eight. And so far the government has 17 stores and counting. Um, so the, the spokeswoman didn't get into this too much just because it's not her uh, branch that makes these decisions. But she did speculate that the reason that it was capped at eight was to make sure that no single private retailer could throttle the market and that there would be space for, uh, for a lot of different competitors. Hmm. Maybe that uh, limit goes up uh, and increases as uh, more stores, but uh, there's only so many people. So, all right, let's talk about another, um, I guess, uh, homegrown company, you might say, in your backyard. Um, This is a a company that is, uh, I'm going to guess, one of the busier ones out there. They sure are. The Balance Company, formerly known as uh, Balance Growworks, they, uh, they're out of Kelowna, and there's a reason why you likely haven't heard of them. It's that most of the products that they produce are actually white label. So they're producing them on behalf of other companies. Um, for example, you may have seen new vapes out there that in Alberta. They're available. They're coming apparently to Ontario and BC soon called uh, Made By. They're from the Burnt Company. Um, well, these are actually produced by Valens. And they actually have about 20 or so products across the different concentrates um, product lines. So beverages, topicals, vaporizers, um, and that they're producing for other companies. They're actually one of the top three cannabis companies in North America right now. Um, And I had the chance to talk to their CEO, Tyler Robson. He's a pretty interesting guy uh, and had a lot to say about some of the different things that are going on right now. So one of the things they did mention was that uh, we have a ways to go right now in winning over customers from the black market. Um, not necessarily a big secret. He says that uh, that licensed producers really need to go an extra mile and bring the price down. He says it's impossible to compete with the black market after you're paying multiple taxes, uh, multiple regulatory fees, quality assurance costs, and even testing. That's an expense the black market doesn't face at all. He also took aim at those marketing regulations that we talked about. I mean, he says that it's impossible to get the message out to black market customers about the legal market because you literally can't. You can't get that message out. And that has to change in order to help raise awareness of the kinds of products and the kinds of prices that are available out there on the legal market. As for the future of cannabis, he says that concentrates and derivatives, maybe self-servingly, are going to continue to dominate the market. 
says that fewer and fewer people are going to be interested in smoking a joint as new products come out. Um, natural health products, so the health and wellness side of things is going to be massive. Um, he also anticipates the pet industry is going to be huge once it opens up a little bit more and we have some more clarity on rules and regulations. Uh, and, you know, coming from the guy who runs the company that does concentrate, he says that Shatter still has a way to go. That's something that we haven't seen too much on the market right now. I think at BC we have one Shatter product. Um, there's a little bit of uh, that live rosin out there and a little bit of hash is starting to make its way through. Um, Balance itself has produced a crumble. Uh, but apparently, according to, to Tyler, the black market has had years and years to tinker with the process and the recipes through trial and error of Shatter. And it just takes time to learn and to replicate that in a legal framework. Um, so as far as them saying, they say that they have no control over where this product is sitting. So if it's in a truck in Kelowna in 40 degree heat, or it's in Alberta at minus 10, they don't know. So there's still a lot of shelf stability. Um, overall, you know, I asked them about how Canada was doing. And yeah, like most cannabis companies, um, he certainly had some gripes over maybe regulations changing overnight or Health Canada making up regulations on the fly. But he said that Health Canada is new to this, just like any other company. Um, just like any other regulator, this is all brand new. And, you know, Health Canada is doing its best and overall has done a pretty good job, in his opinion, of legalizing the market. And even as we move forward, things are going to change. And uh, and those regulations will, fingers crossed, start to loosen. Well, it's it's interesting when you mention the, the shatter because I've uh, tried to – Fireside has a, a shatter out. And, and I picked some up uh, – uh, from Plant Life here in um, Saint Albert the other day, and it's it's really good. I've also I also have tried the uh, the live uh, rosin from Good Buds, and and that's really good too. Mm-hmm. Um, but the shatter is interesting because I picked one up from uh, another store um, uh, also, and it wasn't the same consistency. I mean, the one was rock hard and really hard to get it out. Uh, the other one was easy. It came out in pieces. So there is uh, work to do. And listen, the, the, the regulations, I, I think Canada has done it the right way by rolling them out slowly. Uh, they hopefully will change. Like, you should be able to pick up, we, we talked about the in the past, you should be able to pick up a six-pack uh, when it comes to drinks. So hopefully some of those regulations will ease as time goes on. Yeah, you boy, you know that's an issue that just grinds my gears. The fact that you can only order, you know, five houseplant drinks uh, off of provincial store out here before you hit your, um, you, they call it a cannabis equivalency because there's something like 5.1 mm-hmm. grams of cannabis in each drink. Um, so, you know, I, I did ask Tyler about this and uh, he believes that in time, absolutely, we'll start to see, um, you know, 12 packs. We'll start to see cases uh, of cannabis drinks. You can actually buy a case, bring it out to a barbecue. Wouldn't that be great on Canada Day to bring a case of cannabis drinks over and, you know, help to normalize and help to reduce that stigma? So that's going to relax in time. Um, You know, in the meantime, he said that uh, having these lower doses uh, just helps people to to not bite off more than they can chew, especially for people who are new to cannabis. Um, They have a little bit of room for trial and error to make sure that, you know, they're not going off the deep end. Uh, In the meantime, unfortunately, all we can really do is just to order uh, maybe every day, order a few different times, and to build up an inventory.
Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to the day where we can have a uh, cannabis two four on May long weekend, uh, the two four mm-hmm. weekend. Uh, that will be great. Uh, David, as always, I enjoyed this chat. You can find out more information at okanaganz.com slash OZ. Sign up for the newsletter that comes out every Friday and get all of your cannabis news uh, check them out on twitter at okanagan z and at wiley writer uh celebrate the rest of your canada day in fine style david thanks very much for joining me great to talk to you